Welcome to Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that inspire you to get your story told. Be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com, and while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. Now sit back, get ready to take some notes, and let's get started. This episode of Leap Into Your Story podcast is brought to you by Leap Into Your Story course. Visit leapintoyourstory.com where you have a guide to get your story told. I'm Victoria Anderson, and welcome to the Leap Into Your Story podcast where you discover your inner story work through the process, and meet others who've done it. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that will inspire you to leap into your own story. Be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com. And while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. In this podcast episode, we're going to be discussing quantum healing. My guest today is Todd Wilcox, known as the Slipstream Shaman, and has has had a lifelong fascination with alternative healing, consciousness expansion, and human potential. His first book, Slipstream Shaman, Using Quantum Healing for Individuals, Communities, the Planet, and Beyond was recently published, and the next two books in the series will be out soon. Todd also loves talking about paranormal and hosts his own radio program called My Side of the Universe. So Todd, welcome, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Victoria. I'm super happy to be here and glad All the electronics are working right now. That's always a go and always a challenge in the paranormal too. (laughs) I'm telling you, uh, yeah, between me and some of the guests I've had, there's no chance for electronics to work. Yes, (laughs) yes, I I do that. (laughs) Well, as as we were chatting before we hit the record button, I I have a a love-hate relationship with my dishwasher for that very same reason, and a very confused dishwasher repairman as well to boot. So, <laughs> confused and lost. Yes, confused <laughs> and lost. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Todd, you have a chock full of information to share with share with us today. So, let's talk about. How this all started. Let's take us on our journey to find out, you know, what a slipstream shaman is and a lot of the um, you know, information about quantum healing, which definitely is catching a lot of attention now. Um, not only in the fringe of paranormal, but certainly mainstream. So let's let's go on that journey. Take us on that journey, how this all started. Excellent. Um, Maybe a good place to start before I go to how it all started was to talk about what the slipstream means in slipstream shaman. Okay. So shamanism is about um, doing healing work in the energy and spirit realm. So it's usually done with meditation or, you know, in in some countries with with drugs like ayahuasca, those kind of things. But I do it through meditation um, and I get to that place of spirit and energy. Um, so that's the that's the shaman part. Slipstream is about the speed and the ease. And so when you I want you to think about you're driving on the freeway and a and a big diesel semi comes by you. And as it goes past you, your car kind of pushes over to the side and then it gets by and it sucks you back where you were. That's part of its slipstream. If you get behind the truck, you'll notice that a minute ago you were going 65 and and say your tachometer was showing. 2000 RPMs. If you get behind that truck, now all of a sudden you're going 70 and the tachometer's gone down. So you're going faster and using less energy. That's part of the slipstream. So what happens is, is as you 
as you do healings, as you as you work on your life, the things that you're working on right now will affect your past and affect your future. And the stuff that you've done in the past will project you just like that that semi did into the future and make things change much faster. Uh, the change that we look for with the slipstream uh, processes that we do, we, we look to, to take care of immediately. It's not a, a three-day event. It's not a, you know, come back 27 times. It's we, we the the intent is to take care of it that first time and and as fast as possible because we don't we don't have tons of time anymore. Um, I remember 30 years ago, the computers were supposed to make things so nice that by the year 2000, we'd only work 20 hour work weeks and um, about 40 weeks a year. Well, that that's kind of changed, hasn't it? The, there's so much information. We're now working longer and not getting vacation. So, you know, they, they absolutely got that prediction backwards. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like to do things fast. So that's that's where the Slipstream Shaman name came in. And how this started for me was I was on a paranormal team. And I, when, you're, when you're doing that kind of work, you get to know other paranormal teams. You end up at the same places, you end up at the same events, uh, and you get to know other teams. And I got a call one day from another team saying, hey, we're putting together um, a side group with one or two people from a bunch of different teams, and they're going to help people that nobody else can help. So if a paranormal team went and tried to help somebody with a haunting or, or whatever the case may be, and they couldn't, then they would call us. And uh, I said, you know, that's wonderful. I think it's a great thing to do. Um, but how do we do it? How do we make it better? Because we may be the groups that can't help these people. And, you know, the, our own group uh, may be what can't help them. And then we call ourselves and, and then how do we help? So um, we started talking about how we're going to do this. And, you know, one of the suggestions was, well, we'll study uh, demonology and we'll do this and we'll do this. And they had all these ideas. But one of the people suggested getting a shaman to come in and help us with energy, energy to protect ourselves and to protect the people that were there. And I thought that's a wonderful place to start. So we we did that. We brought a shaman in and she was teaching us how to find our energy. The problem was she was trying to force her um, version on us. Um, what her energy looked like. And that's not what our energy looked like. Everybody has different energy. And, um, and I'm trying to remember exactly what she said, but, you know, she was teaching us to find our energy between our, between our hands. We, we have some receptors. Some people consider them chakras, but we have energy that we know about here. And um, so as I'm doing this, she's saying, it's going to be, it's going to feel hot and it's going to be red and it's going to look like this. And Mine, mine wasn't like that at all. My energy was cool. It was light blue. It, um, it almost looked like a, a gelatinous ball. As I would get my hands tighter, it would shrink. If I would bring it out, it'd get bigger. Um, so what I, was, what I was experiencing was nothing like she was describing, and it was frustrating to me. Um, her her uh, description and trying to force us to, to have her same... Um, same uh, experience was just taking me out of it. So I, I just backed out. I, I disengaged. I didn't want to ruin it for anybody else in case they were getting a lot out of it. But I did pay attention to what she was telling us. So when I got home, I started practicing it on my own. And one of the things that I teach in the book is find find that trail, find that course that's that's right for you. So if if they're if they're working on the processes I'm teaching, and something doesn't feel quite right, and they need to adjust it until it does, that's fantastic. Do that. Um, there, there is no problem with that at all. Uh, one of my favorite movies is called The River Runs Through It. And the dad in that movie was teaching the boys how to fly fish. And he had one of the metronomes, you know, from your um, piano. And it was, and he was showing, this is, the, this is how you cast. This is the rhythm of your cast. And, and he taught them that and forced them to do it. And, and here's how you're going to fish. Well, when they became men, they were out fishing, the dad and the two sons. And the youngest son broke away. He found his own rhythm and, and went and caught a gigantic fish. He, he became his own fisherman. And that's what I encourage people to do. Find your path. Use, use what I'm teaching as a basis and then develop your own thing and, and, um, and go with what's right for you. Maybe what I do is exactly right. 
but maybe there's some adjustments and that's fine. You, you won't mess it up, adjust it until it works for you. So um, back, back to how it developed, I knew that I could find my energy because I found it with that, that shaman. And so I started working on my energy at home and practicing um, accessing it. And then um, really everything else was either intuitive or I was led to it by one of my guides. And I couldn't tell you which because it wasn't it wasn't the guide saying, hey, do this. Um, but but things seemed to develop at a very rapid rate. So I'm, I'm sure I was getting some guidance. So I, I started bringing my hands together, finding my energy, and then I would cover myself with it. That led to covering myself with it and expanding it so that the house was protected, um, expanding it to um, put it around somebody else's house, expanding it to go uh, down the road that we were going to drive on to get to these things to, to give us protection. All these energy protections I was working on. One day while I was doing that, um, I, I don't remember exactly what happened. If I had a thought about you know meditation or if I um, went into it with a plan or if it just happened, I'm not sure which, but I, I'm, I'm working with the energy and all of a sudden I was in a different place. And, and it's a place that I call the quantum room. And what that looked like at the time, it, it recently just evolved and changed to something different. And my energy changed as well. Um, during the course of the years, my energy went from that light blue that I was talking about to something that looks very much like the book cover. It's it's um, if you can imagine a sparkler or, um, or or shining a light through a big diamond, what that would look like. It's just very very many uh, beautiful bright colors, and so it it changed, it evolved, um, and probably into something that fits me better or that helps me with what I'm doing. I don't know why it changed or or what the significance is, but I do know it changed. And so my my original quantum room was just this place of mist. Um, I knew there was walls. I knew there was a ceiling. I knew there was a floor, but I couldn't see them. It was just mist. And uh, picture being just in the center of a big storm cloud. That's what it looked like. It was a dark gray undulating mist all around me. And that was my quantum room. And, and I, what I found there was um, I was able to meditate when I was there. I was able to really focus on things and, and uh, access energy. And, and I just started experimenting. And we, um, because we were doing the, the, the work to help people that maybe had a haunted house that wouldn't go away or, or what they thought was a demon or whatever the case may be, um, I felt like there needed to be some kind of a warrior aspect. So when I was in the war, in the quantum room, I, I said, I, I need a warrior team who will come to me. And, and that was part of that shaman training too, was bringing in warriors to help you. And so I said, who wants to be on my warrior team? The mist opened up a little bit and a little beagle came walking in. And uh, she was a beagle that I'd had before named Desi. And she had the best nose I've ever been around. She could sniff out anything. And she was ferocious. She was not afraid of anything. She was very loving, very protective, very much a, a part of the family and loved people, but she did not tolerate other animals in her yard. Um, no rats, no snakes, no other dogs. Um, <laughs> she was very, very protective. And uh, for being a tiny little dog, she she would engage with anything and, and normally came out on top. So I thought this is a perfect member of the team. Then I had other dogs. So you can see behind me, a uh, picture of a Springer Spaniel on the wall. I've always had Springer Spaniels. And some of the Spaniels that I'd had in the past uh, came to me as well. An uncle came to me. And um, if you can picture a cross between Clint Eastwood and Red Foreman from that 70s show, that was my uncle. And, uh, you know, a decorated Marine from World War II and also Korea. Um, every kid in the neighborhood um, respected and feared him. And um, all the boys became Marines. Every kid on that block became a Marine. You know, all of us, we all went in the Marine Corps because we wanted to be like him. And, um, and it wasn't like he was recruiting us or, or guiding that in any way. We were just, we, we thought this, this was how you, how you behaved when you were a male, when you were a man. And, um, 
And so he was in, I was super happy with that. And then there was some, um, we'll just, we'll call them fictional characters. There was a, a giant Martian from a book. There was a giant turtle from a movie. Um, there was those kind of things that came to help as well. So I had a warrior team. And we, um, and I, I say we all the time because there's these, these energy teams. I wasn't sure what they were at first, if it was um, just a part of my imagination, if it were, if these things were parts of me that I was just using to manifest, you know, the, the dogs and that. But what I, I really believe is that it's their essence, it's their spirits that have that have come to help. They want to help with this. And so these these pets that I've lost in the past, and, and it's since grown. There's now cats. There's some horses that my dad had. Um, there's a giraffe that I've never met. It just started showing up about six months ago. And um, so there's other things that have added to it um, that have been very beautiful and very helpful. So that's the warrior team. And quite by accident, I um, I knew somebody was having trouble uh, with their health. And I don't know why I invited them in. I, I, I might have been wanting to invite their essence in to meditate. It wasn't with the intention of healing them or anything else. But I invited somebody in. And, and what I found was that Desi would... Um, she would always be the one that initiated things. She would go to the, to the people or the animals that I invited in and start sniffing around them and pull things out of them. Now, this is, this is all metaphysical. It's in the spirit and energy realm, right? So they're not standing in the room with me and my dog is not pulling things out of them, but, but she's pulling it out of their essence. And they don't, they don't always make sense as to what they are, but, but typically they have meaning when I'm telling people. And so I started, I started doing these healings on people, removing things. Desi would find things that, that didn't belong. We'd remove them. And because it was a warrior group, we incinerated these things. And um, I, I have learned more since then. And, and I'll share that in a second. But uh, the people would get better. So we would, we would find they were having knee troubles. We would find something like what looked like barbed wire to us. We'd pull it out of the person, incinerate it and they would get feeling better. Now, many of them at, over time would go back to where they were. And uh, I realized uh, that nature abhors a vacuum. And so I thought if we take something out, we have to put something in. So if we remove something from somebody, what we started doing was I, I created a love team. I invited, you know, who wants to be on the love team? And my aunt came out. Um, she was the nicest person that's ever lived. She loved everybody, everybody loved her. She wanted everybody included. She was just truly a beautiful being. And so she was the first one out. And we had some some of my other dogs, the, the nicer dogs, came out um, to be a part of it. And, and um, so we, we developed that love team. And what we started doing was we would take something out of a person, put love in to finish off the healing, to fill that up. So that so that there was nothing for it to revert back to. There was no room for it to revert back to anything. So the next step that happened was as I was incinerating these things that we were removing from people, I got this thought hit me, and I'm guessing it was from a guide uh, that said, most things start with a positive intention. And I thought, Maybe these things did start with a positive intention. So the, what, what it turned out being was what I call a companion. Something that started out with a positive intent that was helping a person over time no longer helped them. Uh, just an easy way to think about it is, uh, say you're five years old and, and you hurt your arm. So you take a, a, a strap and you wrap it around your bicep and you wrap it tight and that makes it feel better. Well, what happens if you leave that there for a week? What happens if it's there for a month, a year, five years? What was helping your arm feel better is now constricting it and killing it. And so things like that happen to us where something comes along that's positive, that's helping us. But as we grow and develop, it becomes something that gets in the way. And that's a companion. And so we would remove these things. And that's about 95% of what we find are companions. We would remove these things give them cleansing energy instead of just incinerating them and then give them love energy so they could revert back to the energy that they started out as. So uh, we had, I had a, a lady that 
I was doing a healing on. And I don't ask for much information. I find if I know too much about the person, my, my brain kicks in instead of the spirit. And so I don't like to know a lot about them. And, and she just asked me for a healing. And Desi sniffs around her, pulls this rag out of her chest from, from the back, pulls this rag out that was kind of wadded up around her heart. And we, we send cleansing energy into her body and then love energy to seal everything up. We put cleansing energy onto that rag and then give it love energy and it transforms into this little boy. And he looks up at her with just absolute love in, in his eyes and then he goes, goes on his way. And I don't know what that meant. I, I don't interpret. That's for those people to decide. And that's, you know, they don't always share with me what, what these things mean. Sometimes they don't mean anything. Or sometimes they don't mean anything immediately. And two days later, they go, oh, now I understand what that was. Um, but yeah, this little boy just looked up her with this gorgeous smile. And, and then he left. Well, I find out that she'd had a heart problem. And that she was on heart medication and, and different things. And, and, uh, and she was actually dying from it. Um, things were getting worse. She was going to have to to uh, increase her her medication, and and who knows where that would lead. And within a, about a month later, she went to her doctor, and he says, "I really like where we're going right now." And he says, "We're not going to increase the medicine like I said we would. Let's leave it alone for a month. I want to check you in a month." A month later, she goes in for another follow up, and he says, "You know what? Things are improving. We're backing off the medicine." So he took some of the medicine off. Within a year, she was completely off the heart medicine and and is doing great. She started doing um, martial arts for exercise and dancing for exercise and, and is really doing great. Lots of energy um, coming around. And, and I didn't know that she had the heart trouble. Um, she didn't share that with me. As, and that's by design. I don't want to know. Um, but we, we found that. And and I don't know for sure if if what we did was the reason that she healed but i think we we might be that um straw that breaks the camel's back um the the medicine's doing its job but there's an energy block that's stopping things from completely healing those kind of things and i think that's where we come in we we're not a replacement for doctors by any means but we're, we're there to help with another part of your healing and and many times it's that final stick that that straw that breaks the camel's back and now you're able to heal. Um, so that's the the um, companions. There are also things that I find that I call parasites, and these things typically started with a bad intention. Um, something something negative attaches to somebody and feeds on them. And most of the time, when I find these things, they're very insect-like looking. Um, I do find companions that are insect-like looking, but when we clean them up and give them love, their reaction um, is is not the same as a parasite's. Um, you know, they'll they'll revert back to their good energy and and turn into a house or a stream or a bird or or whatever the case and and go be their thing. Um, but with a parasite, when when we give them the cleaning energy, they look like they're in pain. We give them the love energy. And many times they just dissolve and fall apart. They can't they can't exist in that in that place of love. Um, so that that leads me to call them a parasite. And something that I I realized on one of these shows was I have probably caused a lot of parasites with the horrible things I scream while I'm driving, and uh, the the road rage that I take part of. And so I did. I did a polymodella on road rage. And we'll talk about polymodella later, but that's a mini healing. I did a polymodella on that. And I am a much better citizen when I'm on the road now. And um, typically when I'm on these shows, the the host is, it will laugh kind of like you did and then say, yeah, I'm one of them too. Um, <laughs> so it leads me to believe that everybody's screaming at everybody. And I, I think we're putting out some very bad energy when, when we're driving and that they, these things can end up becoming parasites on people and leeching off of them. And I would say that that's about four and a half, maybe close to 5% of what I run into. And then a very small portion uh, of the things that I, that I find when I'm doing this work is something that I would call otherworldly. You might call it a demon. You might call it an alien. You might call it who knows what. But these things are not nice things. They're not, um, 
they, they didn't start with a positive intent. They're, they're something that is, that is very bad. And um, I've only run into three of those in, in all the healings that I've done. So there's not very many of those. Um, so that's, that's where the, the whole thing started. And in a nutshell, what it is, people ask for a healing. I, I meditate, I bring them into the quantum room. They don't need to be in the room with me. I've, I've helped people that are in Scotland, um, Ireland, England, um, Germany, Sweden, um, South America, all, all across the United States. I'm still hoping for somebody from Easter Island to get in touch with me because I love Easter Island. Uh, but yeah, oh, Australia. Um, so yeah, virtually almost everywhere in the world, I've been able to work with people and I don't have to, to see them. Um, at first, it was hard to do that just off an email, but I'm getting better and better and better at, at, at getting with them. It used to be, it would... I would have to be referred, say, a friend, say, say you and I had known each other for a while. And you said, hey, my neighbor is having trouble. Can you do a healing for her? And I could I could get to her through your energy and then to her. Um, but with emails at first, it was a little bit difficult, but we're there. I, I've had to call a few people, but for the most part, we're able to do it with just an email and they don't even have to be involved. Um, in fact, I'm I'm behind on them. I've had so many lately that I'm behind, and and I'm probably close to a month behind right now, and uh, and so the the healing is is kind of neat because it doesn't always correspond to our physical time that that I do the healing. There's another aspect of this called retrocausality, and and time is different in this. So retrocausality. Um, is you do something now that affects the past. And so when I learned about retrocausality, I was driving on the freeway, listening to a show, probably like yours, and they started talking about it. And what they did was um, some researchers had access to a hospital. They went in and they, and they collected uh, files of people that had a blood disease from 10 years and older back. And they, they took these files and they just randomly put them into two different piles. And on the one pile, they sent um, prayer, they sent positive energy, they gave them good thoughts on these files. And the other pile, they did nothing with. Then as they reviewed the results of, of the two different sets of patients, they found that the, the people that they had done the praying on and set the, sent the good energy and all that, that they recovered faster, they were in the hospital, hospital less time that take it took less drugs for the recovery more of them survived there was a whole bunch of different things that that keyed into that and i i was super happy with this because most of the things that we do in the paranormal world don't have that kind of of check to it you know it's it's you're hoping that it's true um ghost hunters different ghost hunting places talk about we use the scientific method when we're hunting for ghosts no, you're using tools from science, but the scientific method has to do with, with replicating. If you can't replicate it, you're not using the scientific method. And so they, you know, they, they're kind of stretching the truth on that, but they are, they are using tools and, and different things for experiments, but they're not replicating. Uh, so retrocausality. And uh, so I can, somebody can ask me to do something, ask me for a healing today. I don't do it for two weeks but somehow they still get the benefit today. And, and that's because when you get into the, to the place of energy and spirit, time is not what it is here. Time for us in our physical body is linear. Time there is like all at once. When, I'm, when I did the book and I was, um, part of the book is, is talking about different experiences that I've had while I've done this, this work, uh, my sentences would have present, future, and past tense in the same sentence. And they were the right words for my experience. They were the wrong words for people that know how to read English. And so my editor, it, it would drive her crazy. You've got to pick one. You can't. And I said, well, if I change it to present, the other, th you know, the other three words in there don't make sense. So they're wrong words. And she just said, you've got to take one. People won't understand you if you're doing it the way you're doing it. Um, and so that just got me thinking about how, how the interaction is in spirit and energy. And it, and it has nothing to do with time. 
Um, if you if you think about a spaghetti noodle and you're holding it straight, that's that's what time looks like for us in the physical body. But if you take that same noodle and wad it up into a ball, that's more that's closer to what it's like in that area of spirit and energy where where present, past, and future is all touching at the same time. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. So so there, yes. there's a big long vomit of how this all started and where we got to. <laughs> No, it's all very, I'm just taking it in and, and just taking good mental notes. Um, you know, I know I've had my experience with the jumbled spaghetti mm-hmm. and I've had a few instances in some of my books where I reference that, you know, don't worry about things in the past or worry in the future, just take care of the now because, everything is malleable. Mm -hmm. So, and I remember just even talking to somebody and, and telling them, you know, they got a little bit of life coaching, whether they wanted it or not, (laughs) Uh, that, you know, trust me, if you fix things, you'll, you'll even, if you catch even things that are in your family lineage, if you fix it now, it sends out a ripple effect going yes. back. Going back and forward. And forward and yeah. every every other way. Yeah. So yeah, you've got my my um everything stirring. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing that happened um, as this was all developing was the, the concept of seven generations. And now the final step in a healing is I call in the seven generations for the per- person that I'm helping. We've, we've found the, the um, companions or parasites and removed them from them. We've healed those areas. And now what we're doing is bringing in the seven generations, seven generations from the past, seven generations from the future to surround this person, give them connection, protection, love. And, and it's just that wonderful final step. And um, one of the beautiful things is sometimes the people had problems with family members, with parents, with grandparents, cousins, uncles, something. And they will they will be a part of that seven generations. They come in to help and 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 it helps with the forgiveness and the and the and the healing with those bonds as well. Um, and it's it's just one of my favorite parts is watching the seven generations and seeing what what changes. Sometimes when when they come out, they uh, they just start dancing. The seven generations are just dancing around the people. Sometimes it's a big group hug. Sometimes they're all just standing. Um, uh, sometimes they're just running up and grabbing the person and, and making sure they know that they're there. Uh, there's all kinds of things. Sometimes I see colors coming out of the group or numbers or symbols, and I I share those with the people. And it and it's really become my favorite part of the whole thing is watching that interaction when they're really getting that connection with family. And it's not just blood relatives, it's people from your spirit groups, it's from, um, it's friends, it's, it's animals, it's, um, it's people that, that could have or should have been part of your family, they're all part of it. So anybody that's thinking, well, I don't have any kids, I'm not going to have any seven generation future. Yes, you will, you'll have, you'll have your um, other parts of your family, your, your brothers, sisters, nephews, whatever, they're future will also be a part of it and so yeah it's it's a gigantic group of people that all come in and there's always plenty from the past and the future yes i i totally wholeheartedly believe that because i i felt it um you can't necessarily prove it but you can tell by the changes in people when when they get it on some level absolutely Um, because now they decide they're making decisions that whatever might have started that lineage problem, whether it be addiction, abuse, whatever, it stops with them and, and it doesn't go any further and it fixes that ripple yes. um, on some level because time, like he says, we're linear. Time is one big giant um, whatever hot mess. Yes. And there, I even write about, um certain years that overlap like i can tell like say if this is 2023 i could feel the energy that this may be 
you know, a similar energy stream that came back in like 1999. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, I sometimes I get fly. Like it's like every year has its own energy residue. Okay. And I, when that happened, which I learned to identify, I can be, it hits my radar to say, you know, what did I do? You know, what, what's the commonality with these two years? What do I need to put on my radar to change or alter? Because that's why I feel like it's coming back around these two years. I really like started. that. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I didn't know what it was. I've searched, 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 couldn't fit. And I'm like, eh, like he says, you have to figure out your own, you know, ticking. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I've developed is now I can sense like, oh, okay, there's this year's coming around. What do I need? What did I do? Maybe not so good. And it's, I'm going to have an opportunity to fix whether even if there's nothing in the physical that's the same, but energetically, there may be some undertoes in there that, you know, I, I perk up to and, and try to be alert to, you know, what's what needs to be fixed. Yeah, for sure. I, I think you've you've hit it. And that that's cool. I've never had that that connection with with different years energies, something that I need to pay attention to. Um, yeah. And and maybe I do a little bit. I like listening uh, on the weekends. Many times they'll have an old America's top 40 from whatever year, you know, 40, 30, 40 years ago. And and it does. It's almost like a time machine listening to those songs and, and what order they were in during that week. And it's it's really fun that that it pulls you back to that nostalgia. And you can feel that energy from that time. And every once in a while, I even get a smell from that time that that uh, I haven't been associated with from for a long time, not not even thought about. Yeah, I have a problem. You know, my husband watches movies all the time. I have a problem because I can't get into the movies because I'm feeling the energy of when they were filmed. Really? Okay. Yeah. So if I'm watching something, you know, about Westerns from the 1800s, I'll feel all the energy of the, like the 1950s. <laughs> ah, well, I, I wonder if I'm doing the same thing because I absolutely love to watch 1950s sci-fi. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, it's my favorite thing in the world to watch. Yeah, those are the only ones where it's like, it's hokey fifties. It's, yeah. it's totally B. I, 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 those are the only ones I can really enjoy because, you know, it's all aligned up. It's mm -hmm. perfect for the fifties. It's trying to be the fifties. It's not trying to be like the eighties. So it's to be, you know, a Martian yeah. invasion in the fifties. So it all kind of lines up for me with the energy. That that's true. That, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look at that a little more. Yes. Cool. And, and then of course with the, um, you know, the animals, my, if you read any of my books, my animals are my guardians all the time. And they, and even though I've, the inside animals is down to one, my animal kingdom, which is interesting, I'm, I'm near the Rio Grande. So okay. I get a whole lot of different species of birds. And I never figured myself as a bird person. But in California, when I was in LA, I was the crazy cat lady. <laughs> <laughs> with all the feral cats. Now I am the crazy bird lady of New Mexico, apparently, but uh, yeah. they definitely respond to me. So, you know, I always, again, there's that guardianship around me uh, that I, I feel comfortable and, and I feel a little odd when I don't see any birds. <laughs> so yeah. And I, I feel a little naked with no birds around, you know, and, and there, there's vulnerable. something about something about those birds. And I, I, I always admired them. I, I thought the freedom that they have to be able to fly was wonderful. And I liked watching them, you know, to an extent, but something happened about three and a half to five years ago where I, I really can't take my eyes off them. I, I, and it doesn't matter what they are, whether a hummingbird, a starling, a hawk, um, a blackbird, it doesn't matter what I just sounds like my away. front yard and backyard. <laughs> and then of course I have a bossy road runner who it wants me to feed her every morning. She gives me stink eye through the patio door. Like, well, <laughs> I'm waiting, lady. Hurry up. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, yeah. being friends with 
the Roadrunner. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're <laughs> super smart and uber bossy. Yeah. Super bossy. Um, but occasionally we get geese and ducks like a lone duck or I'm like, okay, I guess it's the migration. They all stop here and they, apparently they talk. So yeah, <laughs> she's nice. Stop there. Yep. <laughs> give her a little sad little birdie face and she'll change the water and give you some food. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. But as far as, um, healing energy, mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that I've come across that um, I think where Western medicine doesn't go far enough is, you know, they treat the symptoms, but not the cause. Yes. And I think there's a lot of medical issues out there that are associated with energy, yes. energy stuck. I know myself a couple of years ago, I was, I had hit just an absolute wall with, you know, health issues. And I knew Western medicine was going to try to give me a pill or something that was going to make me worse because I, my body does not deal well with um, any type of Western medicine. So I went and I had a, um, an evaluation by a chi master. Okay. As I was signing up for a Qigong class, I kept hearing Qigong, Qigong. So I'm like, what the heck is Qigong? You know, <laughs> went lo and behold. And one of my biggest issues that I've had was that I had this radiating, like it felt like somebody started in a bonfire on my chest. And a lot of nurses were had some theories about that. And I'm like, no, it's all wrong. This chi master in 90 minutes says, oh, you have not only an energy blockage, but my chi was going backwards. Oh. So there's a natural flow that goes on. And so illness happens when you get that block and it stays blocked. Mine was going the reverse way, which is uh, from uh, what I researched was pretty bad. And within 90 minutes, I felt like a million bucks, like everything in my body had just been cleared out and was circulating. And, you know, it's got more into the energy healing. I had few experiences with uh, some chi doctors, but never really took it seriously. Yeah, I I now take the energy healing very, very silly, serious now. Um, because I'm living testament that, you know, since that moment, I never got that feeling since then. Okay. You know, yeah, it's, um, it's quite the experience and and we have missed out. It's it, we went chemistry 150 years ago and really, and, and became exclusive chemistry. And I don't know if that was because of the drug, drug companies, um, pouring money into, uh, doctors to stick that way, or if it, you know, exactly how it happened. But I think we do need to look at more things, especially energy work, and and see where that leads us as a as an alternative, as as a help to yes. to regular medicine. Yes, I think maybe the even just helping with. I mean, the Western medicine can help with the symptoms, mm-hmm. but if if the chemistry is not working, <laughs> you need to keep going further and further. Now, I have a question for you talking about the parasites, because in my um, book, Mastering the Paradox, I have a a very strange encounter. It was literally a setup encounter between myself and some stranger lady in Walmart. Okay. And she, when she was reaching up, I saw like a dark smoke at the small of her back that was in a funnel she caught me staring at her back and she says I know you saw it (laughs) so she had later told me that she was told to meet somebody at the Walmart who would give her some prophetic message and she felt that I was I mean I we clearly 
we clearly hooked up, but turns out that she was diagnosed with terminal spine cancer. And where I had was looking that I saw it, that's exactly where it was diagnosed. Man, so. that, you know, it, there's, again, we, we have so few um, ways to validate what we're doing when, when you have an experience like that, um, where, where you get that validation, right. it is wonderful. And it really um, keeps your energy right and keeps you focused and wanting to do more when you get that validation. And um, sometimes we want to call them coincidences, but the coincidences stack up to a point where you can no longer say they're all just coincidences. Yeah, that, that, we're actually that removed. I mean, I was um, in a dark place in my life and I did not want to go out with people. <laughs> and I was told I was going to meet somebody at 1.30 and give them a, you know, give them some healing. And this lady was told on her end that 1.30, somebody was going to go there and give her healing and a prophetic message. <laughs> so that's amazing. Yeah, that's that was amazing. pretty. That's why I made it into the book. Um, Absolutely. Because yeah. something like that, you know, it's not a coincidence. Yeah, for Just sure. No, you know, you know, you know. But I was curious being that with the parasites, was that something is do the parrot? Because I know you said you do this in the quantum room. <laughs> Obviously, uh, something like Walmart turned into one big quantum room for me. Um, yeah. But do parasites, do they have, are you able to like what? What identifies them? Are they the darker color? Like I saw that black smoke. Um, yeah, so so everything looks different. So um, as we're taking things off people, it, it might look like a branch or a rock or a, or a, a sock or a rag or a bug or um, a, a rabbit. You know, everything we're taking off people looks different. With the, with the parasites, they, they have tended to look um, like a like an insect almost. Um, and and a, an aggressive insect and usually fairly big. Um, so those, and then the reason that I, I say they're, you know, as I, as I call them a parasite, when, when we, we get them off the person, we hit them with the cleaning energy and then we hit them with love energy to heal them. They usually disappear. They, they will go up in a puff of smoke. They will melt into the ground. They will, um, just dissolve. And, um, that's what the difference is to me, whether I call it a parasite or a companion, is is that ending part, how how they go away. If they revert back to their natural energy state that was to originally help, and they're back to doing that again, um, I know that they were a companion. And if they just dissolve and go away, we've we've released that negative energy out of out of the universe and and it can be helpful. So that that's that's where I would call it a parasite, is if it just ceases to exist. Okay. So yeah, because I do remember you talking about them, but you said insects could be one or the other. And I wasn't sure if maybe the puff of smoke was kind of like a darker color or cloudier color. Um, yeah. There, there, there doesn't seem to be much okay. consistency there. And, and it, it seems like they all become something different. Um, I, I don't remember the same thing happening. You know, I mean, some, some things, become birds, but they don't look like the same bird. So okay. mul multiple times I've seen birds, but it's not like the exact same bird or, or some have become clouds and they don't all look the same. So, um, yeah, how they, how they present to me, I really haven't seen a, a thing where I could say, you know, um, that color means this or anything like that. Okay. So is it more of maybe, um, a frequency they give off that kind of tells you, Hey, this might be a, um, you know, a parasite versus a companion. So is it? Yeah. Yes. And, and you, you know, it's like when you're, you're going up to a nice dog or a mad dog and you usually know which is which, and it, okay. you kind of get that same thing where these, these things are not pleased that you're there. Um, they're not happy that you're there. They might take a swing at you. They, they really hold on, you know, things like that. So yeah, they, they behave much differently. A companion, you can just take right off. Okay. Um, where these things are really digging in and they don't want to go. 
Okay. And then you're talking about the polymedella. Mm -hmm. But let's dive into that because that's something I've never heard before. I mean, this is all kind of new, but sure. let's talk a little bit about the polymedella because this is when we're screaming at people and <laughs> creating. <laughs> yes. So polymedella is, is a phrase I coined. And what it means is many healings. And so what, what we're doing is we're either doing a healing for a bunch of people or we're doing a healing for a big thing of bad energy that, you know, so there's many things there. And the, the way the, the one for um, road rage came about was I was on another show like this and we were talking about it and, and, and myself and the other two hosts, they, we all started laughing about how crazy we would get and the horrible things we would yell and how embarrassing we must be to our families as we're doing all these things. And I, I thought, you know what, this is too much. I, I hate to drive. I work myself into a frenzy thinking about I'm going to drive for an hour and I know 20 cars are going to cut me off. I know people are going to go slow. I was just making myself nuts. I could, you know, to the point where I, I just dreaded a drive. And so I did the polymodella and and it's going to be in the second book, the the full the full breakdown of it's in the second book. And it it actually took a couple things. We did the polymedella, releasing the energy. But then as I was doing it, I also realized that there was a trauma release component to it. So I did a trauma release pro process, which is in the in the slipstream shaman too. It should be out in a month or two. Um, and then I did some more of the energy healing. And then I had to do another trauma release and then some more healing. And then it all seemed to work. And as people are reading it, uh, they they are feeling that energy. That energy went out immediately when I did it. And then as people read it and hear about it, that energy goes out again. So what I'm noticing as I'm driving, and it may just be because my perspective has changed, but I think it's more than that, is less people are cutting me off. Um, less people are clogging the left lane. Less people are cutting other people off that I see. And, I, you know, I used to just category everything I'm seeing just get madder. I know what that guy's going to do. And sure enough, they do it. And I yell at them, even though they were a quarter mile ahead of me, I'd be yelling at them. And, um, you know, if, if they'd have been on my lawn, I'd have yelled, get off my yard. And, you know, I was, I was, I was a lunatic. I, I never like tried to run anybody off or throw things at people, but all the, the horrible things I was yelling and thinking. Um, so I know I was putting some bad energy out there, but the polymodella um, can be anything from, um, working on road rage to, um, I did a polymodella for the people wearing masks when the mask mandate was on and the people that wore the masks hated the people that didn't and the people that didn't hated the people that did and they were gonna fight and they were gonna protest and 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 it was getting ugly. And I, I managed a retail store and, and word got out that there was gonna be a de demonstration at that store with people that were not wearing masks and they were mad that we required them to. And so they were going to put on a big thing. And uh, I did this polymodella. I did, I sent love out. I did everything to try to, to dissipate that, that energy between the two groups. And I can't remember if it was the day before or two days before that, that they were going to do that demonstration. The mandates changed to where stores didn't have to force people. And at that second, all that energy went away. And you might even remember that uh, there was, it was like, it was a big fight, big fight, big fight. Ah, and now yeah. people that wanted to wear it could, people that didn't could, and everybody was fine. And I'm hoping that I, I played a part in that. Even, even if it was just a little straw that, that was the final thing that the, the universe needed that final little bit of energy to make it work. Um, and so, yeah, those, that's what polymodellas are. Yes. And I, I think I've had uh, my own share of that too, but I think the last few years have really challenged a lot of even energy people Absolutely. because for me, I already struggle with groups who are calm, even though there's just, you know, everybody's calm and in the, in the same mojo, but just groups of people. So it was almost impossible for me to even go out um, and be around anybody because <laughs> yeah. again, you can feel the undercurrent, even if nobody's saying anything, you can just feel the undercurrent and you're like, yeah. And, and the few times that I would go out, it, it was almost like, you know, 
uh, holding your breath underwater to get what you had to do and then <gasps> come up. Um, and, and, and then even the retail people to... made fun of me because they're like, <laughs> you're the world's fastest shopper. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and you're also afraid to sneeze or cough. Yeah, uh, because everybody would scatter or give you dirty looks and want to fight you. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you just sneeze or cough. You can't. You can't. Well, a, there is an, a little bit of an inner joke because a couple of weeks before the whole mask and uh, mandate, I had threatened to wear a mask, even though it, COVID hadn't even. You know, there was nothing about that. Uh, you know, masking or not yet, but. There was a couple of people who literally, the one lady who really irritated me. I'm, I always wonder, now that we're speaking about the ripples, I may have caused the mask mandate because of this lady. And I told her, you know, I said, you, you really should not cough on the, she did. She caught, she uh, coughed on the, a pile of oranges. Oh. And I told her, I said, you know, that's really not appropriate. You know what she did? She purposely went over and coughed again on it to be spiteful so i had came home i was so upset i'm like i'm gonna be the only jerk in the supermarket but i like i'm gonna wear a mask and i don't care and what look what happened like two weeks later everybody had to wear a mask now (laughs) i was (laughs) i was one of the last ones that didn't and it was almost to the point of forcing and and for me it was I was enjoying watching the reactions of people. Um, I would see people walking towards me and they would have a mask on and then they would take like their sweater and bring it up over their face so that they had the mask and something and else to block themselves from me. You know, they were like vampires or <laughs> Dracula. And, uh, and so being my, the way I am, I just, I, I enjoyed the reaction of people and wanted to see how they would react. And so I was one of the last ones to wear the mask and, uh, and I was also one of the last ones to take it off once once we were told. Yeah, it, it did. That's, I think, one of the, the bigger struggles is, you know, you've been conditioned and then you got to recondition yourself. Um, yeah. You know, I I ran through the story. Everybody was coughing and sneezing about me. And, you know, that always kind of bothered me because I'm a little germ germophobic. But I know the importance of you know, building up your immune system. Uh, human beings have been around for thousands of years because of our immune system and the, uh, the building up them. You have to build up the muscle of it. So yeah, I took my chances. I did get sick. Uh, it wasn't that bad, but I felt like I went through the, the eye of the storm with all these people coughing and sneezing around me. And I was, you know, I had a little touch of something for a couple of weeks, went on, you know, it didn't, it didn't stop me, slowed me down, made me miserable a little bit, but it did not stop me and, you know, survived to do this podcast, you see. (laughs) All right. I'm happy for that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But um, now that uh, we're talking about uh, the slip streams, and that's very fascinating, I never uh, thought about that, but there are, I think, incidences that I may have experienced where you kind of have that, like you said, that, that backlash you got. And I don't know if you've ever been close enough to a semi, it, the, you know, where you can feel that I have where yes. it kind of sucks you in and then releases you. Yes. I'm almost wondering if an experience I had in Hawaii did, did, did some sort of slipstream kind of healing okay because and let me just bounce this out of you i was actually once again i was guided to you know could but could have been worse places right to hawaii to actually um go and see some um it was a paranormal convention with uh two two psychics and the first day i was there I got blisters so bad that they that they were raw and the skin was peeling. I almost did not go back for the second day of it because I had to walk. <laughs> and during one of these meditations, it was a healing meditation, the raw 
you know, painful blisters completely healed. Wow. At the end, I could not believe that. So it was something that was very obvious. I mean, this this wasn't something minor. I mean, it was yeah. painful. I had had to get a bunch of band-aids and band-aid up my foot because you know, just to wear any shoes. And all of a sudden I did this meditation and literally like 20 minutes later, every single one of those blisters underneath the band-aids were gone. That's amazing. That is powerful. That that is uh I love hearing stories so like I, that. Yeah, I mean that I, now I have never had anything that I guess spectacular since then. Maybe the closest was that 90 minute um healing session but with a chi master, but this is with your own my own experience. I now collectively mm-hmm. there there might have been about maybe 3 4000 people um around me for the it was a big it was the uh, Honolulu Convention Center but I mean does that something could that maybe I hit the the slipstream and it catapulted me into an accelerated healing in that 20 minutes I I feel like that's very possible yeah and it and it um and it went back and I almost wonder if the energy went back to the source like you were talking about earlier um, where it all happened and corrected it at that point so that, that you were okay. able to. So and it could I, have been a backwards, not I'm thinking, well, maybe the forward, but yeah, maybe the, the backwards too. Probably both. Yeah. It went back to the, to the origination spot, healed you there and then propelled that forward for the fast healing. Um, that that's just unbelievably amazing yeah i know i'm like why doesn't that happen for everything i have to figure out that and i've been and this was in 2003 i've been still trying to figure that out so i can you know duplicate it and share it of course (laughs) yes for sure that's fantastic i i love that that's that's one of the best um experiences that has been shared with me yeah and I, I haven't seen any or experienced anyone with that dramatic um, kind of, you know, turnaround on something. But that's that's you've got me thinking because I'm thinking, well, maybe I moved it forward. But you know what? Could have gone either way uh, or both yeah. or both. Really both. Yeah, because yeah. one of the one of the other guided I this particular trip. I was given almost an itinerary where I needed to be. And I had to get to after, according to that guided message, I needed to be at Alamoana Park, which was a couple of long blocks. And I'm like, not happening, not happening with those tore up blisters and, you know, ex- excruciating pain. <laughs> that, sure. and, and once that happened, I was now able to go to Alamoana Park um, from there. Which, by the way, I expected more, you know, spectacular something, totally uneventful. I was in there going, okay, I made it. The blisters are healed. Got nothing. But I guess it wasn't about the park. It was about the experience to get me to the park. Yes, absolutely. The the experience is where it all matters. Yeah. So, and away we go in this crazy universe. Yeah. (laughs) So I was I, something that I forgot to talk about with the book. Um, it's the, the book is to teach people how to do what I do. Okay. And I want them to be able to, just like I'm talking about doing fast healings. I want them to be involved fast as well. So it's a fast book to read. You can, you can read through the whole thing in two to three hours. Oh, wow. You can actually be working the processes in about 45 minutes to an hour if, if you just wanted to get started on the processes, read the first half of the book and get started. If you want to want to know it a little bit more in depth, read about the processes and then read about the experiences. That'll take you a couple hours, maybe three hours to read through. It's a very fast read. Um, and I, I wanted people to actually read it. I, I've been in too many libraries and people's houses and I said, wow, you've got a lot of cool books. How many have you read? Two. <laughs> <laughs> and each one was going to change their life. And so I wanted this to be something that was a game changer for people. So I, I have kept it 
short and sweet and to the point and uh, want people to be able to get it in their hands and immediately take action. Fantastic. Well, any final words that you want to tell our audience here before we wrap this up? Uh, yeah, if if you would, um, come, come uh, check out my website. It's slipstreamshaman.com. There's a link there that will take you to Instagram and also YouTube. And I would encourage you to uh, follow me on Instagram. That's where all the new things will happen. The polymodellas will be there. Um, anything that we want people to know about will take place at Instagram. So follow me on Instagram at Slipstream Shaman. And uh, YouTube will start getting some videos as well. And uh, if you if you would like a healing, right now I'm close to a month behind. But if you want a healing, go to my website, go to the, the email link, and uh, just send me a request. I do a healing for everybody that asks. But sometimes it takes a while. I was two months behind, not too long ago. Um, there was a couple of shows that just really got me, and uh, so I was two months behind. Those those healings are free. There's there's no catch. I don't ask for a donation. I don't um, say, yeah, this is the first thing we do and it's free. But now I want to charge you. Um, none of that. It's a, it's a free healing if you would like one. Very nice. Awesome. Well. I want to thank you for sharing these amazing and fantastic insights with, you know, quantum healing and, you know, learning about the whole slipstream. I know I learned a lot myself. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. And I want to thank um, all of our listeners here for tuning into the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story work through the process and meet others who've done it so you can be guided to your own writing journey. Remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. And again, while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. We are looking forward to seeing you next time here on the Leap Into Your Story podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. Remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're there, subscribe and like to us via your favorite social media network. We're looking forward to seeing you next time on the Leap Into Your Story podcast.